From the lava pit of a long dormant volcano rise two unexpected heroes, Lumpy Bagpipes Jr. and Tipsy Sasquatch. Lumpy met Sasquatch one day, and likewise I'm sure, now they sit and talk about things that no one cares about, the Lumpy and Sasquatch show. Sasquatch and Lumpy, the Lumpy and Sasquatch Show. Welcome to the Lava Pit. So Sasquatch, do you know what time of year it is? Um, the rainy season? In Botswana, yes. Um, are you rattling some shells together? How do you rattle shelves together? Well, shelves, <laughs> like seashells by the seashore. Why, why would you rattle together shelves so that you could put all your books on rattling on them? You know, people have really missed us. I'm sure. We're doing a special podcast. Oh, oh. oh this is already a disaster. We've had so many requests. So many emails, letters, telegrams, all that kind of stuff. Carrier pigeons asking us when we were going to do another podcast. They were all from one person, but that person is very, very important. So here it is. A very special holiday edition of Lumpy and Sasquatch. We've decorated the lava pit with lights and trees and... Boxes of unjelloed jello, so it's just the powder, because that's what Sasquatches like to eat on Christmas Eve. We mix it with water and we spread it on our bagel. That's right. Bagel is the name of our reindeer. It's like fun dip. Exactly. So, what are some of your favorite things about the holidays, Sasquatch? Well, Sasquatches enjoy picking berries and mm. rubbing on mistletoe. Mistletoe's poisonous. That's what's so fun about it. Mm. It's kind of itchy and a little mm. bit damp. And that's the way Sasquatches like it. Just like a cave. Yes, a cave of mistletoe berries. Yes. Or as we called it in the old country, a cave of mistletoe berries. <laughs> Just for the record, it is now 9.30. No one has mentioned a podcast in a year and a half. And I told Sasquatch we should record a podcast about three hours ago. So no one has prepared anything. Anyway, so what do you want people to know about the holidays, Sasquatch? What's important to you? Well, some of the most important things to me involve putting up pretty lights. Mm -hmm. Also having a live tree inside my cave. Because okay. it's really fun to bring the outside inside. Okay. Now, I have some little demon familiars that live with me. Some people call them cats, I think with a K. I'm not sure how it works. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they like to chew on the tree and then regurgitate the tree and ask me to clean it up for them. That's fun. Okay, so you put up a pretty tree, you put up lights, you clean up cat's vomit. Yep. And what else do you like for the holidays? Uh, I like freshly baked cookies. Okay, and what do you put in your freshly baked cookies? Well, any kind of natural ingredients like... Um, 
like sap from trees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, molasses. Does that also come from trees? No, it comes from a molasses factory. Okay, let's get some of that. <laughs> and some gingerbread. Have you ever mm-hmm. met a gingerbread person? Yes, I bit their head off. Yeah, they're very whiny. They are. But it's kind of fun because they squirm as they go down. They do. That's one of the best things about gingerbread men. Are you thinking about a gingerbread man right now? Yeah. What was his name? Freddie Johnson. Oh, did you love him? Very much. (laughs) And then you had to eat him? Yeah, that's the way of the gingerbread men. Yeah. I remember going to the store and getting little gingerbread nuggets, which we would raise... Uh, over the year mm-hmm. and grow them into wonderful little gingerbread men. You would never name them because if you name them, you could attach to them. But you would watch them grow and prosper and, and achieve intelligence. And a lot of times they were smarter than we were. And then you eat them. Yeah, That's the way of the world. You know what else I like about the holidays besides eating mm-hmm. those little squirmy gingerbread men? Gumdrops. Oh, I had a reindeer once named Gumdrop. Mm. How was he to eat? It was a bit tough. But no, I like to listen to holiday music. What are some of your favorite holiday songs? Well, let's see here. Grandpa Got Run Over by a Sleigh Man. Okay. And I saw Mommy Kissing Krampus. Is it Krampus or Krampus? Well, it depends on which region you're from. Now, I come from the Pacific Mm. Northwest of Western Pennsylvania. Up there by Maine. Yes. (laughs) We say Krampus, but if you come from the Midwestern parts of the Illini Basin, you might call it Krampus. You know what bothers me about Krampus or Krampus or whoever? About 10 years ago, if you knew about Krampus, you were kind of cool. Yeah. Because he was kind of like, kind of unknown and kind of like this cool, dark thing about Christmas. Nowadays, everybody knows him. He runs around Christmas Kindlemart breaking the legs of children and throwing them in sacks. And he's kind of everywhere. And it was cooler when he was just kind of a secret little thing. You know, we should find a new evil holiday demon to worship. I've heard that there is, in some Nordic traditions, some kind of evil Christmas cat that steals your children. Ah, yes. I've seen pictures of him. Yeah. Well, he's a big cat if he steals children. Well, you know. And what are some of your other favorite Christmas carols? It came upon a, um, what is it? How does that go? It came upon a baseball diamond, and it was jolly good. Do you know that one? Yes. Yeah. It's very popular in um, Swaziland. It's popular. The problem with it is it's popular in July when people are playing baseball. Yes. And But it's a Christmas song, so nobody sings it. Well, and then you get around to Christmas and everybody wants to sing it, but baseball season's over. But they sing it at cricket, cricket matches, I think, too. Oh, yeah. That would make when, sense. When's cricket season? Oh, it's always cricket season. <laughs> <laughs> at least in the swamp. It, that's right. That'll, that's a cricket will lead us into our quiz, Ooh. but we're not ready for a quiz oh, yet. Oh, no. But you'll be, you'll be shocked and you know, appalled. You heard of Santa Paws? I've heard of Santa Jaws. Fine, fine Christmas film about a shark, a young boy, makes a wish that his family would disappear, and then this evil shark with a candy cane sticking out of its head eats them all. Well, yeah, so just imagine that, but instead of a shark, it's a swimming cat with a Santa hat stapled to their head. Yes, and what does Santa Paws do? 
I assume just eats unsuspecting swimmers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Santa Jaws. But you know. yeah, see, it's a play on words. Santa Paws, Santa Jaws, Santa Laws. Yeah. What mm-hmm. are some other words? Oh, speaking of logs, the Yule log is very popular in our tradition. And why is that? Well, we light it on Yule on Yule tide, and, and when uh, is Yule tide? Yeah, you know, it's one of those. Um, Pig and Sasquatch holidays. Okay, okay. And uh, it smells real nice. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it crackles a bit. Do you like the crackling sound of the Yule log? I do. Yeah. Well, here's some, you know, my my friend, Mrs. Sasquatch. <laughs> I hope if she's your Mrs. Sasquatch, she's more than a friend. Hello, Mrs. Sasquatch. Hi, Mrs. Sasquatch. She's got blue hair out here. She does. It's very mermaid It's pretty. Yeah, she comes from mermaid roots. Uh, one of her favorite holiday traditions is to watch this thing with the Muppets. Have you heard of the Muppets? They're a cross between a mop and a bucket. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that's got to be it. They're a mop bucket, yes. See, we're drawing the tension out because I think all of our listeners, all 4,855 of them, according to our Bon Jovi podcast, <laughs> are expecting you to say a Muppet Christmas Carol. But you're not going to say that, are you? No. Well, you know, first of all, nothing against Muppet Christmas Carol, which is one of the finest pieces of art in the history of humankind. Yeah, sure. But even better, Muppet Family Christmas, which Uh, is an old TV special. And if you can find ones that have the full original version, take out the commercials, but keep in all the songs, which apparently they had some trouble when they tried to release it on VHS cassette tape. <laughs> getting well, we showed those VHS barons. Yeah. <laughs> so now they've put it on the YouTubes, mm-hmm. and it's quite excellent. So I know. I, I've watched it. It has Muppets. It has Sesame Street Muppets. It has Fraggle Rock Muppets. And it even has that Jim Henson Muppet. Yes. So you brought up uh, something really, I think, important, which is Sesame Street. It's the 50th or it's 50th anniversary? It was the 50th anniversary a few weeks ago. Okay. And one of the classic Sesame Street Muppets is a blue furry thing, a monster, called Cookie Monster. Here's the point that Mrs. Sasquatch frequently makes. Cookie Monster wastes so many oh, cookies. Oh, he does? I mean, he gets the crumbs everywhere. It's like it all ends up on the floor. I mean, as a connoisseur of delicious cookies, I want those cookies to be ingested and enjoyed. But he's just such a mess maker. You know, back in 1972, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had a Cookie Monster puppet. And his mouth moved, and you could make him talk like Cookie Monster. And in the back of his mouth, there was a slit. And you could feed him cookies, and they would go in the slit like he was actually eating them. So that was like more than the actual Cookie Monster ate. Yeah, you've improved upon the Cookie Monster design. Yeah, but then you've got cookie all over your hand because you've got your hand up his butt. I suppose, but but then you can lick your hand, and then you've. At I'm least... not going to lick my hand after it's been in a Cookie Monster's butt. I guess not, but I would. <laughs> it was probably smells good too. Strangely, I, I'm not letting you lick my hand after it's been in anything. Well, I'm just saying it's an awfully wasteful way to approach delicious cookies. 
Yes, it is. And that's why he's Cookie Monster instead of expensive filet mignon monster. Because they did not have the budget at the time for him to waste a lot of filet mignon laying around on the floor. You know, we started this fine special podcast with some jingle bells. We did. I'll I'll get them. Okay. Ooh. Tell me a little bit about Jingle Bells. So where do they come from? What is their purpose? Why Jingle Bells? There is a remote part of the North Pole. It's not really near Santa's workshop, but it's in the North Pole, so everybody associates it with Santa's workshop. And jingle trees grow there. Hmm. And instead of pine cones, which grow on pine trees, jingle trees grow jingle bells and once a year usually from july 15th through Mm -hmm. august 31st Mm. people go up there usually santa's elves because they've got most of their work done and they go and they harvest all the jingle bells put them in barrels and then ship them around the world for all of our jingle bell needs let me ask you this question while we're on the subject of elf work First of all, I hope they're unionized. I think that's very important in this day and age because otherwise it could be some kind of um, unfortunate situation for those elves. But mm, beyond that... They don't need to sleep or eat or anything. They're elves. They just want to work and be happy. Well, this is They like... whistle while they work, like dwarves. Really? See, but dwarves do it on key. Elves do it off key. I don't know if people know that. But I guess this is my question. I don't know a lot about elves, being from the Pacific Northwest of Pennsylvania. So... Do they have opposable thumbs, for example? Do they in- indeed wear Of course they have opposable hats? thumbs. They have to make toys and pick jingle bells. They yeah. have to have opposable thumbs for that. I guess they so. They wouldn't be any good to Santa without opposable thumbs. So they've got opposable thumbs. They pick jingle bells. Are they indeed small? Like, what roughly is their equivalent size? Well, that's the tricky thing. They can be small, and they can also be very large because they're magic and they can make themselves any size they want. Oh. We think of them as small because that's what they are most of the time, you know, because it's convenient. They it's don't probably have to less spend energy. Yeah. Less energy. It's more convenient. They're big enough to do the things they need to do. But when they're picking jingle bells and you got a bunch of jingle bells on the top branches, they make themselves big and go up there and pick them. Now, we've talked about what some of your favorite Christmas songs are. What are some of your least favorite Christmas songs? Okay, you know that one where they're talking about how people in Africa should know about Christmas? Yes. Here's what I don't understand. We got the internet. Let's take it back to 1984 (laughs) when the song was written. But it has not aged well. Yeah. Another bad one. The 76 Days of Christmas, which was horrible. Then they cut it down to 12 Days of Christmas, and it's not much better. And I don't understand why it's so many birds. Like, could you imagine coming home on the 12th day and just seeing, like, birds all over your apartment? You couldn't even get to the kitchen to get yourself a Sasquatch snack without being bombarded by turtle doves and partridges hens and partridges and whatnots. Diamonds. Like, what's that about? Yeah. I couldn't even find a diamond. It's probably been swallowed by a bird. What other Christmas songs do we not like? Well, you know that, what's that tooth fairy bit? What's the one about the tooth? All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, well, like, who needs front teeth, first of all? And second of all, if you lost them, then you lost them. Like, they'll grow when they grow. Yeah. Or they won't, and then you don't have any teeth, and and that's fine. And the kid's like, so I can wish you Merry Christmas. It's like, you still can. Also, write it down. Right, write it down. Are you illiterate? Sing it in a song. Well, Um, that's the point. He can't sing it because he doesn't have the front teeth. So it comes out quith, or something. Yeah, I followed. Okay. You know, I can follow. Okay, and what are some of your favorite Christmas movies? Oh, 
Well, you know, there are a lot of classics. Papa Sasquatch, that'd be my uh, parental unit. He's really into that miracle on 34th Street. Have you seen that one? Yes. It starts out on Thanksgiving at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Turns out Santa is uh, put well, a few back. Don't ruin it for everybody. Well, this is like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, but there are a lot of people that might not have seen it in the last 70 years. All right. Here, here, let me tell you this, because I like a lot of Christmas movies, but there's one famous Christmas movie that I've never seen that I think you've seen, Lumpy, and you might be able to tell me a little bit about it. Jack Frost, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman? Nope, pretty close. I'm thinking of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Well, I haven't seen that in many years. Really? So, you know, we on this in this lava pit... We enjoy talking about science fiction and, and sometimes sort of like strange, low-budget horror type things. Is this one of those films that fits into those categories? It is cheap. It is not good, but it's also good. Mm. It has good songs that I'm surprised you don't hear more of. Interesting. It's bad. I think it has Pia Zadora in it. Really? As a child. But that's all I remember about it. Good. Good. Mm -hmm. And what are some Christmas movies that maybe don't jingle your bell? I was trying to figure out what Jingle My Bell meant to a Sasquatch. Well, I don't know. Isn't there a movie with the former governor of California, Jingle Bells something, or Jingle Bells? Or... A Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Tell me about that film. I listened to a whole podcast on that film last year. It's not great, but it's not terrible, that movie. Jingle All the Way it has Sinbad in it. It was supposed to be Joe Pesci, who was Arnold Schwarzenegger's nemesis, but they figured that for some dumb reason he wouldn't be a physical threat. But why does he need to be a physical threat? So they got a bigger guy to be the adversary, and they got Sinbad. Interesting. There's also a wonderful movie, and I mean the opposite of wonderful, called Santa with Muscles, mm. starring Jim Belushi oh. and Terry Baleo. Now, is that a who problem? might... Because Jim Belushi has no muscles? No, he's not the one with muscles. You oh, cut me off. Sorry. It stars Jim Belushi and Terry Baleo, who many people know as Hulk Hogan. Oh, the Hulkster. <laughs> and I think it's in the bottom 10 on IMDb, <laughs> wow. which is really an accomplishment. And even though I love movies and love wrestling and love wrestling movies and love Christmas movies, I actually have not seen it. I cannot force myself to watch it it's supposed to be that bad wow uh there's a uh wonderful movie called santa's sleigh with bill goldberg as santa mm. it turns out santa was an evil demon that got tricked and had to do good for a thousand years but guess what the thousand years are up and he's going on a killing spree wow and you know lumpy i think one of your favorite movies for the holidays because you bring it up with some frequency i'll say at least 12 times a day Ernest Saves Christmas. Uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. It is a wonderful film. It's not the best Ernest movie. That would be Ernest Scared Stupid, obviously. Duh. But um, yes, Ernest Saves Christmas is a fine film that I saw at the theater. And just today I was fiddling around on the interwebs and I found some behind the scenes photos of Ernest Saved Christmas. Wow. Which had the cast sitting around and smiling. Wow. Fascinating. Are you ready for your Christmas quiz? Oh, I'm so ready. Jingle, jingle. Okay. Some of these are popular Victorian sayings for the holiday. I want you to tell me which ones are real and which ones are false. And also, why don't you try to tell me what they mean? Okay. Okay. Here's the first one. I just bangered me Christmas mash. 
That's that's fake. <laughs> okay, you're right. That's fake. That's fake. But bangers and mash are very good. Okay. It's as cockoid as putting jingle bells on a soot pig. That's dumb enough to be real. Oh, that's fake, too. Oh. Okay. What's a soot pig, do you think? I don't know. That's why I, uh, I think this <laughs> creates a lot of interesting discussions. I think it's a pig covered in soot. Oh, okay. Well, Because uh, there's a lot, lot of soot in Victorian England. Of course. Classism and soot. <laughs> that's right. This bow wow mutton needs a touch of the old Adirondack nutmeg. No, that's not real. No. What do you think bow wow mutton is? That's dog. You're right. It is a naval term. Referring to meat so bad, it might be dog flesh. Yeah, could be dog meat. Yes, so have have... some Bow Wow mutton. Yeah. Moving right along from that cherry thought. Them chimney sweeps don't know holly from a batty fang fig. No, see, that's something you made up because that's clearly like, uh, what do you call it, Mary Poppins thing. Yeah, I I made up the one about a soot pig, and then I thought, oh, chimney sweeps. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, Chim Chim Tree, that was a good song. It won the uh, the Oscar that year, did you uh, know? Awards don't matter. Yeah. That many packages is butter upon bacon. I think you made <laughs> all of these up. Did I? <laughs> I think you might have. What's butter upon bacon? A greasy pig. No, it's an extravagance. It's too much extravagance. Here's the quote from the internet. Are you going to put lace over the feather? Isn't that rather butter upon bacon? Oh, I get it now. Very, very extravagant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That many packages is butter upon bacon. That's what they used to say. No, that's what I say. Yeah, that's what you say. Okay, now we'll get into... So that's uh, like saying creme brulee on fish eggs or something. Right, which sounds great. Yeah, it sounds really good. Let's not have any collie shangles at this festive time of year. Yeah, that's got to be real. Yeah. It's fake. But collie shangles are real. They're quarrels. Here's what I found on the internet about collie shangles. <laughs> a term from Queen Victoria's journal, More Leaves, published in 1884. At five minutes to eleven, rode off with Beatrice. Good sharp going with us and having occasional collie shangles. A Scottish <laughs> word for quarrels or rows, but taken from fights between dogs. I, I really enjoyed your impression of Queen Victoria there. Oh, we used to talk all the time. I'm able to do her very well. And, and actually, can you tell me the name again of her, her autobiography or whatever? More Leaves! More, what's that about? It's a published journal of several of her days of... More! It's like, it's fall, and, and, and she uh, jumped uh, in the pile, but the pile wasn't big enough. More right. Leaves! Right, that's exactly what Queen Victoria would do. That's what I figured. Oh, I got me daddles stuck in a... Stocking. No, not a chance. Okay. Oh, I got me daddles stuck in a Christmas stocking. No. What do you think? You can add the word Christmas to anything. It doesn't change it. It's like, oh, my foot's stuck in the elevator. Oh, my foot's stuck in the Christmas elevator. Oh, that sounds real. <laughs> what do you think daddles are? D-A-D-D-L-E-S. Uh, I don't know. Bobbles? A delightful way to refer to your rather boring hands. Wait, like hands as in your servants or hands as in like your, your hands. paws? Your hands, your hands. Well, my, mine are covered in fur. <laughs> right. They're not boring at all. Well, that's that's right, because you have furry hands instead, have of, instead of daddles. Okay. Well, it sounds like something like... A Victorian young woman would say uh, about their pops, you know. Oh, he's oh, got such daddles. Oh, daddles gave me a 
carts and buggy for <laughs> that doesn't make any sense but you know what i mean i hope i get a cart and buggy for christmas <laughs> every christmas eve i smother a parrot it just sounds like your I'm own done. journal every christmas eve i smother a parrot this is horrible this is abuse to drown out the sounds of the whooper ups okay it's clearly made up and whooper ups might be real, but probably something you made. Okay, the phrase is made up. What do you think whooper ups are? Uh, you know, I'm gonna whooper up some bacon. <laughs> You're not even close. Whooper ups are a Victorian term meaning inferior noisy singers. Oh, yeah. Because you needed a word for that. What do you think smothering a parrot is? Uh, it seems like a pseudosexual term. Sure. What no. else is it? It is drinking a glass of absinthe neat. That's dumb. <laughs> it's named for the green color of the booze. You're smothering a green parrot. Smothering a parrot. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <sighs> yes. Anyway, that's a good Christmas term. You know what I enjoy is that parrot sketch that those boys in the Monty Python do. Oh, yes, that's a good one. The holidays are nanty-narking. And have me all giggle mug. I'm sure that has been said at least once before. Yes, it just was. <laughs> what do you think nanty narking is? It's when your nanny steals little bits of food off your child's plate. Ah, could be. Mm-hmm. But that would be nanny narking, not nanty narking. Mm. Nanty narking is a tavern term made popular from 1800 to 1840 that meant great fun. It's not terribly Victorian, though. Not really. Yeah. Well, this, these are all Victorian slang uh, okay. that the lower class people would say, right, like us. Right, Yeah, this is sort of Regency period, though. What would you say a giggle mug is? A giggle mug? It is a habitually smiling face. Huh. So, therefore, the phrase is, the holidays are nanty-narking and having me all giggle mug. Like Peter Lorre. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's your last one. Yep. You're my best chuckaboo. Okay, you can't say that on the air. What do you think that means? You know, my my bay or my it's, boo. It's, well, yes, it's a nickname given to a close friend, mm-hmm. a chuckaboo. Mm-hmm. So, do you know more about Victorian slang now and Victorian slang Christmas phrases? Uh, I'm not sure that I want to. But you do, whether you want to or not. That's right. So, what else did you want to add about Christmas? Well. Christmas comes once a year. It's and really... brings with it great strife and fear. No, no, no. Cheer. That doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. There are some holiday pictures that aren't as warm and fuzzy, though. There's noir pictures that are Christmas. Sure. I feel like there's some episodes of like the Twilight Zone that are Christmas themed. Perhaps there's one. Is there an Art Carney one, or is that? Yeah, something? but it's it's not dark. We watched that. Didn't oh we? yes, it warms the cockles of your heart. Tell me what a cockle. <clears throat> Back in the 1600s, mm-hmm. people didn't have legs. Mm. And basically, you rolled around on these wheels that were kind of midway between your chest and your stomach. Yeah. So you could see how those uneducated oafs of the 1600s mm-hmm. would think that since they're so close to the heart, they were attached to the heart. So they were basically wheels on your chest or stomach, and you would roll around, and people would think they were cockles of the heart. Right, but but in fact, cockles were, were separate. They're wheelie wheelie bits attached to your. Yeah, stomach. they were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Tell me this, Lumpy. The holiday season. When do you feel the holiday season begins, and when does it end? 
The holiday season ends January 2nd, after New Year's. It begins at the end of the Thanksgiving parade on Thanksgiving morning at Macy's. That is the first time you should see Santa Claus, and that's when so it begins. I, I like that. I, I like where you're thinking, Lumpy. I like the idea that when Santa Claus appears at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, that's the beginning of the Christmas holiday season. But I disagree, of course, with the ending because we should have Christmas in our hearts all the year through. Yeah, but we don't. But we don't. So when it actually should end is January 6th, which is Twelfth Night. Have you heard of the term Twelfth Night, Lumpy? I know it's a boring play by a boring playwright. That's right. It begins on Christmas and then 12 nights later is the Feast of the Epiphany, which is when the wise men, as they're called, visited the baby Jesusical and gave him some presents. Was like, what was that phrase? Um, cream upon anglaise or... This is all that religious brule- crap, right? No, no, no. The creme brulee. What was that phrase there? Quashing the parents. <laughs> I told you not to say that anymore. No, the thing about luxury upon luxury. Yes, let's see. Butter upon bacon. Yes, butter upon bacon. That's what these strange leaders from afar brought the baby Jesusical. Well, I read a book that said they were spies. Well, that's possible too. Yes. It's also possible they got lost because, you know, maybe they're following a star and then it was daytime and they didn't know what to do. So they followed the sun and then they went a different direction. Maybe it was a different star. Who knows what happened here? So they might have just been lost. Okay. But regardless, they brought, what was the phrase again? Butter upon bacon. Butter upon bacon. And those gifts are the gifts that end the holiday season on Twelfth Night when children in vaguely religious countries uh, receive their gifts. But that doesn't make sense. Why would you end something celebrating on January 6th when in two days... It's Elvis's birthday. That's a good point. So why don't you end it after Elvis's birthday? Well, that's true. And but... so let's celebrate Elvis. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Elvis is the name of my cats, and his birthday is nowhere near January eighth. So I'm very confused about that. The second thing is that Mrs. Sasquatch and I like to keep our live tree up as long as possible. That could be January 29th. It could be February 12th. It could be Valentine's Day. Okay, well, that makes sense. So at our household, in our cave, which is at the bottom of the lava pit, in North Pacific Northwest of Pennsylvania, Christmas stays as long as the tree doesn't die. That's some food for thought for you. As long as the tree doesn't die. Yeah. But isn't the tree dead the minute it's You know what? That's enough. Turn this podcast (laughs) off. Who who do you think you are? Did you have a final question? This is ridiculous. I know it's been a year and a half, but do you remember (sighs) our format? Did you write the final question? I'm sorry. I was getting a little up in arms. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Final question. For our guest. For our guest. The ghost of Elvis. (laughs) Whose birthday we don't celebrate because we end all the celebrations on Twelfth Night. So, Ghost of Elvis, what is the traditional Christmas gift in the Netherlands from the 1830s? Well, uh, that'd be a fried peanut butter. <laughs> Wait, time out. Is that your Elvis impression? I tried. Wow. Well, you do a Elvis wow. impression. Wow. Well, uh, that'd be a fried peanut butter and... <laughs> In banana sandwich, Priscilla. All right. All right. Here's how we're going. Here's the guy we're going to do it. Well, uh, thank you very much for having us on the podcast. I enjoy the jingle bells. Just answer the question, you hick. Uh, I really like to uh, 
to hang out with my friend Lumpy for Christmas, and and that's that's a traditional gift: gift of friendship, gift of love, gift of gingerbread cookies that slither on the way down. Thank you very much. Very good. I think that's the end of our podcast. So everybody listening, when we release this podcast on January sixth, have a happy holiday and a merry Christmas and a happy Kwanzaa and a happy Hanukkah and a vibrant Voodoo Day. And an ergonomic Elvis's birthday. And what else? Happy New Year. Happy Nosferatu Day. <laughs> yes. Happy Santa Paws. And Santa Jaws. And just enjoy the holidays and be nice to each other all year. Until next time. Which will be in another year and a half. The Lumpy and Sasquatch theme was written by Bob Garrix. Our introduction was recorded by Kimberly Logan. Lumpy and Sasquatch's artwork was designed by Jake Friend. Sasquatch and Lumpy, the Lumpy and Sasquatch show.